And today we're going to continue in the series, The Love of God, and this will be part five. And what is so interesting about this um, series is that um, this is the whole reason we celebrate Christmas and Good Friday and Easter Sunday. It's the love of God being expressed. And uh, just picking up from what I said last week, what is consistent, what is constant, and will never change is the love of God. And let's qualify this God. It's just not any God. We're talking Jehovah, Elohim, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There are many gods, but there is only one true God. And that love can only be found and fully experienced in Christ. This love is free to anyone who wants it. Free. It's a gift. Free. The only thing a person has to do is receive it. The love is what will sustain us in times we are living in, no matter what we are facing or going through. And I want to give us a little brief recap of what we covered last week. And last week we, took, we were in Luke chapter 15, and Jesus was teaching about the lost son. And the lost son was the youngest of two sons who wanted his inheritance before his father was ready to release it. My focus in the story was mostly on the father's response and not so much about the son. Because we want to see the heart of the father and the love for his son. Hence the, the, the whole series, the love of God. Because the, the God, the father in this story represents God. Now the youngest son returned and his eldest brother was indignant. He was, he was upset because the youngest son left home, spent everything, and then came back, and the father received them. So the father had to plead with the eldest son and explain and showed by example to his eldest son and servants the need for, for compassion. The, yeah, the need for compassion. Compassion is defined as showing concern for the misfortune of others. Now those who are lost suffer, and God's love is always ready to receive those who are lost, who are suffering. His love is readily available, but there must be a change of heart to be able to receive his love. God's love is available to anyone who wants it, but to receive that love, there has to be a change of heart. So, the love of God shows how much value God places on man. And, and, and as I go through the story, you, you will see. Another story I'm going to cover today. So we show compassion when we truly value something. When you truly value something, you show compassion. We are precious and valuable to God, and we in turn must consider every soul similarly precious and valuable, especially the lost. The effort, the energy that the Father placed in receiving His Son back. And I also touch on the shepherd and the sheep. The lost sheep. He left the 99 and went to get the one. Why would you leave 99 sheep and go look for one lost sheep? Because of the value <coughs> you place on that one lost sheep. Alright, so we're going to go to the book of John, chapter 8. And we're going to read from verses 4 to 11. The book of John, chapter 8, 4 to 11. And tell me when you're at, let me know when you're there, please. And this was Jesus, early in the morning, he was teaching in the temple. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery and set her in the midst. 
So just picture that Jesus is in some part of the temple. He's sitting and there are people there and he's teaching these people. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him, of course with their entourage, they brought this woman to Jesus and came in the midst of all the people that Jesus is sitting teaching. Now this woman was caught in adultery. So we're going to pick it up in verse 4 of John chapter 8. And let's start reading. And everybody's there? Okay. And they said to him, who is they? The scribes and the Pharisees. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus has raised himself up, and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I'm going to stop there. Interestingly, when you read this story, You have to understand the the context and you have to understand the environment in which um, Jesus and the scribes and the Pharisees, the time that they were living in. Now, they were under the law. And there was no denying that this woman was guilty because it said here in verse 4, the woman was caught in the very act. So, they were witnesses to this woman's adultery. Now, if you go back in the law, in in the book of Leviticus, adulterers, fornicators, these people were supposed to be put to death. You got caught, was a death sentence. Automatic. There was no leniency. There was an automatic death sentence. So, the scribes and the Pharisees knew that. So, they're trying to find now, trying to set Jesus up, trying to find something to which to to entrap him. So, they brought her, making a big scene, They grabbed this woman and brought her with the entourage in the midst of Jesus. Look at the wisdom of God in the midst of everything that's going on here. They say, what do you say? Now, based on on the law of Moses, this woman should be stoned. But what do you say? So, you look at Jesus' response. Jesus never directly answered the question. What did he do? They said that in, in, the, in the scripture it says in verse 6 that Jesus, he stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he didn't hear. It's not that he was ignoring them. He stooped down to write in the ground, not necessarily writing anything. What I believe was going on, I believe he was listening for, from, for the Holy Spirit from the Father to tell him how to respond to what these guys were saying. 
when he got the understanding, when the, when the Holy Spirit told him what to say, because Jesus said, and the reason why I know this, he says, I only say what the Father tells me to say. And I only do what he shows me to do in like manner. So Jesus was listening to, for a response. So Jesus got the response, and he stood up, and he said, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And then he stooped down again. So he stooped down to hear. What he heard, he spoke, and then he stooped down again. So these people now, were con- were, where they were convicted by their own sin, because they knew she was guilty of adultery, of a sin, but they also in their heart knew that they were also guilty of some sin. So the, the question Jesus posed to them was a reflection for their own life. Because he says, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. So no one threw the stone. No one could do it. Because they knew they were, as far as the law, they were also guilty of the law. So that's why they didn't, they weren't able to act on what they were, their intent was to do, to stone her. Now nowadays we would probably, you see this is where the wisdom of God comes in when, especially when you're dealing with people. Sometimes we are quick to respond, which is sometimes not a good idea. It's good to be quiet. And sometimes let the Lord give you what to say. Because you look at Jesus answered the question with a question. So we would probably say, yes, but. <laughs> okay. But Jesus, is, didn't, he didn't respond like that. So this is just something I saw in there that why it's important for us to be quick to think, quick, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Because when you're slow to speak, you kind of have time to process and respond in the right way. Anyhow. So what did Jesus do? He posed their question with a question. And many times that what he, that's what he does. But I, what I want to really focus on, as I said, is the heart and the love of God. In this example with this woman, you see the heart and the love of God. Now what Jesus said in verse, we go to verse number 10 and 11. And those are the verses I want, to re- I want to focus on. That's really my text. In verse 10, Jesus says, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? And has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The word condemn there means, is the Greek word, it's, it's pronounced katakrino, katakrino, which means to judge against, to sentence. So, her, the court in the act of adultery was a death sentence. She was automatically, automatically condemned. Alright? So, Jesus, so she, Jesus said, has no one condemned you? Has, no, has anyone proclaimed a death sentence or judgment against you? She said, no. He said, neither do I, and that same condemn, he said condemned, and then condemn, it's the same word, katakrino, which means to judge against the sentence. He said, no one condemn you, no one judge you, no one sentence you, he said, neither do I sentence you. What did Jesus extend to this woman? According to the law, she's supposed to die. But what did Jesus extend to this woman? He extended mercy and he showed compassion. 
She didn't deserve it. She deserved death. But he extended mercy and he showed compassion. Because the sin was a sin, a death sentence. But God through Christ was extending mercy. Now, if you understand how the law worked, and back in those days how it worked, this was contrary to what God normally would have done. But, I'm going to show you why that changed. The woman and her accusers were all walking in darkness. Because her sin was a sin that she came into because she was walking in darkness, in the lust of her flesh. But also the people who came to accuse her were also walking in darkness because they, were, they had sin in their own life. And they were being judgmental against this woman. So you see a religious spirit, you see a self-righteous spirit pointing and accusing others when in their own life they have, they have sinned. That's where Jesus in, gave the example. When he talked about you have a beam in your eye but you want to take the splint out of somebody else's eye. He said, you got trouble in your life, but you want to go and fix somebody else's life. Why don't you fix your life before you try and fix somebody else's life? So this is what the Jesus was actually sh- sh- showing them. That they, you have sin in your life. You don't, you don't need to pass judgment on somebody else. Why? Because you are just as jacked up as the other person. But the love of God is about, the love of God is God knowing that we are jacked up. He knows that we have sin in our life. But what does He do? He shows compassion and He extends mercy. Mercy. Alright. Because the thing is, they're all walking in darkness. But look at this. I'm going to read these scriptures. Well, let's turn to Luke, Luke chapter 4 verse 18. And John 3, 16 and 17. And I'm going to read this. Let me know when you're there, please. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why I'm why I'm reading this. Luke four eighteen. Are you there? Okay. Luke four eighteen says this is Jesus speaking when he was in the temple and he was reading from the book of Isaiah. He said, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted." To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Okay, we're going to stop there. And in John 3, 16, 17, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it for you. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. And that word condemn is krino, which means to judge or punish. He didn't send His Son in the world to condemn the world. Very important that you, that you listen to, the, to understand this. He said, but the world through Him might be saved. What was Jesus doing in the instance where the woman was caught in the act of adultery? Exactly what he proclaimed he was here to do. If you read in the book of Isaiah, when he read from it, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. What is the good news? God has extended compassion and mercy. Not only to the poor, but he kept saying here, He has extended me to heal the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. These are all people walking in darkness. What did God send them to do? To extend compassion and mercy. And in John 3, 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That's why we're going to celebrate Christmas. He gave the gift of His Son. Why did He give Him? Why did He send Him? Why did He give His Son? That whosoever believe in Him should not perish, should not perish or should not be condemned, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, to proclaim judgment to the world, to proclaim judgment to people, but that the world through him might be saved. That's what Jesus was doing with the woman. And if you read through Jesus' life, every time somebody was sick, demon-possessed, caught in, in any sin, this is what he was doing. He was proclaiming the good news, understanding that people were walking in darkness. Because they don't understand that they're held captive. So he was extending compassion and mercy. And if you see the love of God, the love of God is what? This woman didn't get what she deserved. She got mercy. So when you see these things, we have to reflect on our lives as Christians. Because our lives are supposed to reflect the heart of God. If we are in Christ, as He is in the Father. That means we are one with God. And the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Holy Spirit abides in us. Now if we tap into that, God, through Christ, can express Himself in our lives and through our lives. Because the Father was expressing Himself through the Son when He extended compassion and mercy to the woman. We also have to extend compassion and mercy to people. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them that, that, pers- that pers- persecute you. Those who despitefully use you. Why? He was doing what the Father sent him to do. To proclaim the good news. To show compassion and mercy. Because all these people who hate you, who despise you, who despitefully use you, who do all these things to you, these are people walking in darkness. That's why the God sent His Son, so that, we, so that mercy and compassion can be extended to the people walking in darkness. So Jesus was doing what He was sent to do. Allowing the Father to express Himself through Him. The same God who gave them the law. Now the law which they were following is the same God who is expressing Himself through Jesus. That same God gave them the law. Jehovah, Elohim. But his heart was always about saving and preserving the people. The law was about saving and preserving the people. But the people couldn't keep the law because they were walking in darkness. Their hearts were, their hearts were hard. So he sent his son. So the love of God is about setting people free from the power of sin. Did you hear that? The love of God is setting people free from the power of sin. That's why Jesus says, forgive. Because when somebody sin against you or hurt you, you have the power to release them from the sin that was committed against you. Because you don't hold it against them. You release them of it. And you set their conscience free and your conscience free. 
Why? Because you, the forgiveness, you are extending mercy and showing compassion. That's why you forgive. That's why God forgave us. And that's why God sent His Son. And He says, Whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So not to judge. We are not to judge or to condemn. But to liberate. You understand? When we see people, no matter what sin they are in, no matter what their life is in, we are not to judge them. We are to show compassion. Why? Because people are walking in darkness. And we used to walk in darkness. But now we are walking in the light. But then we mess up. And when you mess up, but God forgives you as you repent. And we ought to also ought to forgive others. So we are not to judge and condemn. When you see people judging and condemning and pointing the finger at people, you have to have show compassion in them because that's a religious spirit. That's a judgmental spirit. But the Bible says, Jesus says what? The, the Son of Man. He said, I did not come to condemn them the world, but that the world through me might be saved. Understand why we celebrate these holidays. These are critical moments in time. These holidays we celebrate, they were critical moments in time and space. Where God actually acted on what He said He was going to do. And this Christmas is what we celebrate because God actually acted on what He said He was going to do. Sending His Son. These moments were instances where God showed compassion and mercy. We must never forget the reason for these seasons. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the expression of God's love to fallen man. He didn't come to condemn the world. This child that came, who grew up and laid on the cross and resurrected, didn't come to condemn the world. Because Jesus said, Jesus said in John three eighteen through 21 you don't have to turn, He said, He who believes in Him, in who? Jesus, he who believes in me is not condemned. If you believe in Christ, you have not been given a death sentence if you believe in Christ. But he who, he who does not believe is condemned already. If you don't believe, and there are many people who celebrate Christmas but don't believe in Jesus. They celebrate Christmas but they don't believe. So why are they celebrating Christmas? If you don't believe, because God gave a gift, and you have to receive that gift. But he says here, if you don't believe in that gift, you're condemned. So you're wasting your time. Because you're condemned already, if you don't believe in the gift God gave, to show compassion and mercy. Do you understand that? Alright? And that's hard for some people to hear. But it's the truth. Because if it's not, then Jesus lying. Because I'm reading what the word says. John 3, 18-21. If you guys want, you can turn there and read it yourself. He said, he who does not believe is condemned already. There's a death sentence. You already have a death sentence against you. Because you don't believe in the gift that God sent to you. He said, you have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come. Who's the light? Jesus. He's a light that came from heaven. The light has come in the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. What? They don't want to believe because they're in darkness. 
They want to believe what they want to believe. They rather walk in darkness than, than we come to the light. Because Jesus is the light. And Jesus not, is, not only is he the light, we are the light. Why? Because he's in us. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates light and does not come to the light. For his deeds would be exposed. Why do people run from Christ? Because they have to make a decision about their life and their lifestyle and what they're doing. They have to make a decision. But they say, He who does the truth comes to light, but his deeds may be clearly seen that, him, that, that they may have been done in God. When you put aside your, 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 your ego and you, you realize that you are a mess, you come to God through Christ. So understand, you have to acknowledge this gift. And as I said, Jesus is free to anyone who wants him. Yes, you must acknowledge the gift God gave to man. And the only thing a person has to do is receive it. And it's great that we have these holidays because it gives us an opportunity to present people with Christ. But what's strange is that people have come up and continue to come up with things to fill the seasons to give them meaning. But reject the true gift of God. He was sent to set people free. God sent his son to set people free. That's what he did with the woman. That's why he, he showed her compassion. He said, I don't condemn you. And what is beautiful, and I'm not going to talk about it now. She understood she was a sinner. And she, why? how did she respond to him? She said, Lord. She recognized his lordship. She said, Lord, no one condemns me. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So he showed her the love of God. The love of God. Showing her compassion and mercy. She didn't deserve it. She deserved death. But she changed her heart in the instant when she had an encounter with Jesus. Understand the meaning of why we celebrate all these, these, these holidays. Don't get it twisted. Don't blindly follow the ways of the world. We are in Christ. And the reason why we are in Christ. Because we understand the meaning of the seasons. We understand is God sent his son a gift. His gift. And the whole thing about the gift, gift, gift. Is that we have to receive his gift. We have to receive his gift. And that gift is Jesus. That gift is Jesus. Anything else is just fluff. Alright? So as believers, we must not blindly follow the ways of the world, but always keep Jesus as the center of everything. Why? Because that's the whole purpose of God's love manifested to fallen man. Christ. God sent him to die and to show man not only compassion and mercy, but also to show man that anyone who comes in Christ is now a son of God and a child of God. And have an inheritance. Every, my God, everything is tied together. Everything is tied together. When you have an understanding of what this holiday, holiday means, all these holidays, you see the love of God. It's, 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 it's so amazing that this series coincides with this time of the year. But this could coincide with Good Friday or Easter Sunday. It's the love of God 
expressed. Even in death, his love is being expressed. 